I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. The market really did everything we anticipated for the most part. If it was going to decline, it declined exactly into the area and got a bounce from exactly the area we discussed last night. Let's refresh our memories a little bit. We also discussed the fact that this low here, and let me just put my uh, crosshair where I'm talking about. You can see where we opened today. We opened right on this level, in and around this level. And my point was, that's no longer viable support because we've already been there and then we went down there yesterday. So the point was, and this was provided for inside the number members this morning, which is what are the bogeys on the upside? What are the bogeys on the downside? So for example, this morning we knew what the important opening price was that would normally send the market lower. That's exactly what happened. Now let's get into some interesting stuff because obviously the question is, did we make a low today by filling the gap or are there lower prices ahead? Well, I want to show you a couple of things that are absolutely fascinating, but what's also interesting, and keep this in mind, in fact, keep an open mind, you're now going to go again into my mind, so put the hard hat on. We're talking about the fact that the market is essentially telling a story. Every movement it makes, every single day, every closing price, everything it does is telling a story. My job, what I try and do every single day, is decipher the story and try and find the ending. And that's really what we're doing here. So, for example, the ending, at least from a short-term perspective, was going to be, under normal market conditions, the gap that we came and filled today. Let's go down and take a look at a shorter-term chart. You'll see exactly what we're talking about. Here's where the market opened today, right? So here was the close from yesterday. Here's the opening price. The market opens at 276.83, continues lower. Where do we come into? Look at the three areas, the three price levels that we discussed last night. 275.08, you can see we cut through that one pretty handsomely right to the next one. Now, these are not that far apart from each other. The total span, I think, is 70 cents. So, albeit there are short distances in between the two, but look what happened. We cut through the first one, and look where the low is. The low happens to be 274.73 on the button. Here's where I say, does anybody want to challenge the fact that the market is not or is trading technically sound? Whether it's going up or down, whether you had the right read or I had the right read or not is irrelevant, is the market trading technically sound when we can identify very specific numbers ahead of time? The market finds those numbers, not all of them, and not necessarily to the penny every single time. When they're to the penny, it's a little bit of a fascination. I don't expect it to stop at the penny every time. That's more of a cherry on top, if you will. But let's continue on. So the market gets a rally off the second number, the middle number, right? And then all of a sudden, we come back down, and where's the next low? 274.36, two pennies below the lower low. They filled the gap, and look at the rally they had off the gap. Just to go to show you again the numbers, 
They rally up, come down, test the middle number, rally up, start to rally, come back, test the top number, 275.08. What's the low in this candle? 275.08. Wait, there's more. Let me cut right to the chase. So at the end of the day, the market makes a new low. And this is a classic trick, trap, fool, and frustrate. They do it all the time. They get the unassuming trader to sell a break of the lows. That's where the liquidity happens to be. And what happens is all the retail traders, all the unassuming individual traders out there, you and me, the retail traders, by virtue of having stops below the break by whether it's two points or three points, and I'm talking about the S&P E-mini futures, that's where these shenanigans go on. So what happens is the traders put in their stops in an arbitrary number, two or three points, whatever they're willing to risk, but it's not a real stop because it's not at a specific number. So the computers pick it up. They know it's one contract, two contracts, three contracts. They know who that is. They run down, they pick them up. So they run the stops. We've all heard that before. And then they rip the market back up. And the stops they didn't get have to cover, which causes more buying pressure, also known as panic buying, on a short-term scale or on a short basis. And then you had the run-up into the end of the day. But here's the wait, there's more part. On this 10-minute chart, look where the closing price is. 275.09. They came from all the way down. Let me move this over. They came from a low in the same candle. The low was 274. 44 and they ran up to close above by one penny 275.08 who's going to dispute i'm certainly not that 275.08 is important we saw it three times today and by the way while we're at it look at this candle here what's the high in this reversal candle 275.07 couldn't do it next candle opens closes below and then they trick around trick trap fool and frustrate and they finally rally the market up. Pretty fascinating stuff, at least from where I sit. So what else do we have? We have to look at both sides. We have a bullish case and we have a bearish case. Let's cover both. So the bullish case is today was a bottom at the gap and we go back higher and this was just a pullback. We talked about this scenario last night. And by the way, before I forget, let me once again thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video every single night. I love the interaction and especially love the banter back and forth. Keep them coming. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and also share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. All right, now back to the show. How do we know that the bullish case is on? Well, we may know intraday a lot earlier than this, but certainly from a daily chart perspective, you have to close above today's high. It's that simple. That's just the first step. There's no guarantees from there, but that's the first order of business. You have to close above today's high. That somewhat repairs the market. It also puts the SPY above the 20-period moving average. A lot of traders, a lot of investors would take that as positive developments. The inside the number members will know different numbers from a shorter time frame perspective, what turns the market from an intraday perspective. They'll have those numbers early on. If things begin to get bullish, if they open up bullish, we'll certainly be on top of the case. Now, there's another case, which is the bearish case. And by the way, before we get to the bearish case, 
Uh, from an intraday perspective, I would say that 276, if we begin closing hourly above 276, that would be the first order of business before we get to today's high. So it's something to watch out for if there's a bullish case to be had. So let's talk about the bearish case. But first, let's talk about a spark. So tomorrow, we have the phony jobs number that comes out at 8.30. We have a little bit of kabuki theater. We have some folks on television giving their best guess on what they think the number's going to be. And they turn it into somewhat of a circus. And that's fine. It doesn't really matter what the number is. What matters is how the market reacts to the number. So... Let's say the market goes down. Let's say that is the spark. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. It's, it's something that is coming at 8.30 in the morning, Friday morning. So if there's a spark in either direction, we know the upside. We just discussed it. What happens if the market falls apart? What happens if the trap door opens and there are lower prices? Where does the market go? Well, what I can tell you is where I believe the best area of support will be where I would be willing to take a trade based on what's happening in real time. The market has to give me a reason to take the trade. If the market is just coming through the trap door, that's one thing. But down here at this gap, I would need to see some assemblance of support. So the number I'm discussing is right down here at this gap, which happens to be at 271.20. That's the number I believe would provide the best opportunity. It doesn't mean that they have to or will get there, for example, tomorrow. Someday they'll get there, but they may or may not get there tomorrow. But what I'm suggesting, and I intimated this last night, if we got down there rather quickly, I would be interested in that gap right around 270, 271, potentially even a little bit lower. If it's on a hard sell like that, you have to give some leeway for the market to turn around to find some semblance of a bottom. There's no guarantee there will be a bottom. I'm just saying that's an area that I'll be looking at if the market reaches that area and it provides the reason for the trade. So there's the trend line, 271.20. Now, let's discuss what happened today because I think it's relevant to be prepared if the market does come down again and it does come all the way down to that gap. And that's not close by. That's another 40 S&P handles, give or take. So it's about twice as bad at the end of the day as we finished today. But you'll certainly get a lot more bearish sentiment on board if we do go down there. That's what you want to see if you're looking for an assemblance of even a short-term bottom. So today, we basically filled the gap perfectly and had a rally away from that gap. If we came down to the next gap, will they conveniently just fill it to the penny and rally away from that gap? It's unlikely. It certainly can happen. That's the number, but I'm certainly willing to see them go beneath that number somewhat and still be prepared for a rally back to and back above that number. From a daily chart perspective, your stop on something like that has to be a daily chart close below the low 267.83 right here. That would necessarily mean under normal market conditions that lower prices are still yet available. So here's what I'll say. If the market is down there, even testing that low down in this general zone, what was that low again? 267.83. Let's just round it and say 268. 
If the market's down in that neighborhood, my bet is that something else is going on. And the likelihood of the type of bounce that we got today, even from a short-term basis off that gap, is diminished somewhat. Because if they don't react to it and they go all the way down to 268, I think something else is developing. So you'd have to look at it from that perspective. Or I would look at it from that perspective. Doesn't mean they can't rally. It just means that it would not be what the expectation was entering the trade. Now, think about it. I would enter the trade based on everything that I teach in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. I've got to see something going on there. I have to see sign or a signal of a trend change on a short-term chart. I've got to see some kind of reversal. I've got to see something. I don't have to be the first person to the party. I just want to make sure that I'm there while everybody's having a good time. So that's one bearish case. That's not necessarily an extreme bearish case. I think it's a midterm bearish case. There's even a lesser bearish case. We don't even get to that number. The market dips down, reverses, and rallies from there. So we make a lower low, but we don't get to that gap. And the market finds some semblance of a low. That's another possibility. And then the extreme is the wipeout coming into the moving averages, that would be something else. That would be a really, really bad day. And therefore, we don't want to get in front of a freight train like that. So how do you know whether something like that is or is not developing? Go back to the 271.20 and say, if you don't close hourly, the first hour after touching that number above 271.20, then I would be suspect of the trade. It doesn't mean that it's not going to work. I would be suspect of the trade. I don't want them hanging around down there. So, for example, look at it this way. If they're going to get down there in one or two bites, Friday, Monday type of thing, if they're going to do it in one or two bites, I think we're coming from far enough away where we should get a rally away from that area. How long they test that area, we'll judge at the time, It is important we have to close above that area on the day. Otherwise, something else is developing. It's way too early to go down that rat hole right now, even though I already went down it. Let's move on to the IWM. It is my favorite market-leading indicator. So the IWM was down about the same as the S&P 500 today. So there was no disparity. But yesterday, there was a big disparity. And that's usually a hint of something more to come. It looks like they're headed toward the moving averages now. Let's say, for example, that the S&P 500 comes down in the neighborhood that we just discussed. It's putting the IWM somewhere down in this neighborhood. Should there be support down there? Yeah, we broke out from there. There's moving averages down here. There's a gap down here. There should be support down in this area. Exactly where? You have to play that intraday. You have to make the assessment at the time. What's the common sense number? We're at 151.68. The common sense number is to come down and at least spike through 150. The big fat round number of 150. Now the moving averages are at 148, 147 and a half in that neighborhood. So on a hard sell, certainly could spike through down to there. But likely they want to come down and spike through the fat number of 150. That's not to say that has to be support. That is to say they should get there. Here's something else. This is just food for thought, right? We're just putting stuff out on the table. Maybe they're puzzle pieces. Maybe they're not. Why was the IWM not down more? 
got killed yesterday and was down on par with the S&P 500? I certainly don't have the answer, but I think it's a little puzzle piece and I'm putting it on the table. I think it's a little suspect. I'm not putting a label on it just yet. I'm just saying it's suspect. Kind of meaning if the markets is as bad as the bears want you to believe it is, why wasn't the IWM down more today? I'm not sure, but it's a little puzzle piece. I'm putting it on the table. Remember this guy from yesterday? We took a look at a couple of different charts. Let's go down and take a look at the hourly chart again. We looked at this one yesterday and we said that it looked like we came down to retest the low of this breakup candle. And here we go again. We're in an uptrend and the uptrend continued. So we'll see. Let's take a look at the uh, two-hour chart. I think we looked at that one as well. It looks very similar, close to the same. We're above all the moving averages. So this is in an uptrend. It'll be interesting to see if the uptrend in the VIX continues. Obviously, that would mean that the downtrend was continuing in the stock market. Taking a peek over in the transportation department, my second favorite market leading indicator. This is pretty much the area we discussed that the transports would come down to if there was more selling. Now, what's interesting is where they closed. Now here we have a breakup candle. So the low is 10,191 and change. So we closed below that today. Now, that's not necessarily the end of the world. This was a little breakout area. There's a moving average down here. If the markets are going to sell a little more, the transports would certainly come down a little bit farther. But here's the deal. So this is on the bearish side of the ledger. So the transports were down about 1% today. So they were outpacing the spiders. The IWM was on par, but the second favorite market leading indicator, which by the way, was certainly the canary in the coal mine as we've been discussing, but this was down almost 1%. So we have relative weakness in the transports leading the market lower, not by that much, but certainly it's a small puzzle piece. It's on the table. So I've got two on the transports. I got the closing number, which was below the low of that breakup candle. So it has some importance. It has a small puzzle piece. It's on the table. And then we also have the relative weakness. And then I always hate to see this. It came up short of the 100-day moving average. So the average is at 10,090.98. The low was 10,110. I mean, it's like game playing. It's kind of like romper room. It's very similar to running up the spiders at the end of the day to close above that important number by one penny. They did it on the other side yesterday. The day before, they ran them up again. When you start to see this kind of behavior, it's not normal to do that kind of stuff every single day over and over and over again. What that's telling you is that's part of the story the market's telling us. It's telling us that another move is coming. Whether it's on the up or the downside, we're going to find out soon enough. But the move that already started is not over. So it's going to either reverse or it's going to be extended. One of those two things and the likely spark is going to be the fake or phony jobs number tomorrow morning. Here's another one. Here's one on the bearish side of the ledger. So here are the Qs down 1.24%. Now, what's interesting about this was up until today, nothing was wrong with the Qs. Now, we can argue the reversal candle that wasn't or was a reversal candle from the other day. Doesn't matter. At this point, it's now turned differently. We're below the moving averages. We closed below there. Unless they do a quick repair job, there's likely lower prices coming. Again, 
The Qs outpace the spiders on the downside. I don't like to use the Qs as a proxy. You know that because it's a top-heavy weighted index. But what it does tell you is there was selling in some of the big fang names because that's where the Qs are top-heavy. So you look underneath the hood of the market and you say, well, what's inside the Qs? Well, we have Amazon. Amazon outpaced the S&P 500 down 2.5%. That's not relative strength. That's relative weakness. How about Apple? Down a little bit more than the S&P, not too much more. Apple tends to trade right alongside the S&P most of the time, unless there's kind of an event-based trade. We can argue whether or not Apple leads the market or the market leads Apple. It doesn't really make any difference. Apple was down a little bit more than the market. How about Facebook? Facebook was down 2%. Again, relative weakness. How about Netflix? Netflix down 2%. Relative weakness. Where are the queues headed? If there's more downside, where are they headed? Well, here's a gap right here. It's at 169.14, so 169, 168, even a little bit into the 167s, but there should be support in that general area. So we'll call it 168 for argument's sake. It could be on either side of that by even up to a dollar. That gap up here was 169.14, so they could stop at that gap or they could come down a little bit farther. You never really know. Again, that's going to be a real-time type of deal. How about the financials? What's going on in the XLF? Well, we talked about an important number, 25.88. The low today, 25.83. We closed at 25.98. Close below 25.88, nothing changes. It's not bullish any longer. It turns the other way. But wait, don't short it just yet. The next area of support is right down at around 25 and a half. You can see the 50 period moving average coming in. 100 period moving average is right above that. So under normal market conditions, you're going to get some support, even if it's for a day or so, even if it's on the short term basis, you're likely to get support unless you're having one of those trapdoor days around the 25 and a half area. So a close below 2588 is one thing, but then what happens is it'll likely be a quick shot just down to 25 and a half. So certainly don't short the XLF unless you think there are a lot lower prices coming. There's another gap down here and that could happen. I'm just saying where the near term numbers are. You know, this thing doesn't move all that much inside of a day. So it was down 25 cents today. That was 1%. So you have to put that in perspective. SMH coming back down to earth came into the 200 period moving average and had a little bit of a rally off that. But that's not the story. The story is what can we derive from the closing price? What can we derive from how it finished or where it is? And it down 1.3%. So it had relative weakness against the market. So again, it was on par, even a little bit worse than the Q's but also worse than everything else. So the Qs were really the culprit today in terms of the worst stock market out there. And that means between the broad indexes themselves. On the downside, if we continue down, there's a gap right here. That's a logical area. That would be a logical place for the SMH to find support if there was another down day or two immediately. If we went sideways for a while, then that changes the scope 
of this gap. However, if we did it in accordance with everything else and we had another down day tomorrow or into Monday as well, then this gap should provide some semblance of support or just beneath that gap. Let's do a reminder real quick, just to lay out the market, what's going on, and be aware of both sides of the equation, just from a common sense perspective. Let's all be aware the market is, and let's remind ourselves at lofty levels, right? From the Christmas lows, 2018, December of 2018, we've come a long, long way. So there can be a vacuum to the downside. I'm not suggesting there is. I don't know that there is or there isn't, but we've seen things like flash crashes, We've seen markets scale down very, very quickly. I'm not suggesting it is going to happen. I don't know that it is or it isn't. But we need to be aware that any day from anywhere that can happen and will again happen. I want to point something else out unrelated to what may or may not happen tomorrow or Monday. This is more of a teachable moment. It's a little bit of a lesson within the lesson. So... I want you to look at the SMH and I want you to look at the daily chart high and I want you to look at this other high. This is what's known as a lower high. Pretty obvious, common sense. The market made a lower high. Now, the SMH, generally speaking, is viewed as a leading indicator, mainly of the tech space. But just for a second, let's look at the S&P first. And the S&P made a higher high, but ended up with a closing price that was Beneath the previous closing price, that's why everybody wanted to call it a reversal. I get it. That's fine. But what you see here differently on the charts is the S&P made a higher high, the SMH made a lower high. So the SMH is displaying weakness. Is it another canary in the coal mine? It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table from the broader picture perspective. The Qs, the same as the SPY chart, a higher high and then the trend down. So at this point right now, based on the puzzle pieces that are on the table, at least my table, I have to consider that the other day on the 4th could be an important high. We don't know yet. We mentioned it last night. I'm mentioning it again. It's possible. I don't know what the probabilities are yet. It's possible. This also leads us to another concept that I think is worth a minute or so. It's the difference between the guessing and the treating trading as a business. So I know everybody wants to catch the high. It's challenging. It would be wonderful if you did. And then the market went down and you made a bucket of money. I get all that. It's fine. But I don't like to guess at where the high is until I've got what I like to call confirmation. Now, everybody's version of confirmation is different. I don't yet have confirmation that that is an important high that is going to be long-lasting. We may get confirmation at some point, and we may get it at some point soon. But right now, in terms of a high or an important high, it's not even close to a sealed deal yet. It's possible, it's just not a sealed deal. All right, I think I've exerted enough wind for one video session, so we'll give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.